Welcome back to the Sales Leader Show. Today I'm here with Benji Smith, and he's been in sales and leadership for 14 years. He's worked or he sold for companies and worked with companies that range from technology companies to service-based. And now he's a VP of sales at Revity, and he's had an active role in more than doubling their revenue at Revity. So how are you doing today, Benji? Awesome. It's awesome to have you. Before, when we had spoke, you mentioned that you disagree with hiring managers being deceptive about compensation and possibly other things during the interview process. Can you give me an example of what that might look like? Like if you're in an interview process, what does a manager possibly say or promise that may be exaggerating the truth a bit or deceptive? Are you there? Oh, there you are. <laughs> I thought that's what I think you wanted. We lost you there. I wanted to show you why silence is so important because I mean, you probably were freaking out on the other side, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So where did, uh, where did, did you hear the question or do you want me to repeat? Actually, I'll probably just repeat it real quick. Yeah. Do you mind repeating that question? That'd be great. Yeah, no problem. So we, when we were talking before, you said that you, you, or you disagree with hiring managers being deceptive in the interview process. And I was curious if you could give me an example of what a manager made, what types of things he may be deceptive about in an interview and, and, and what, what maybe a, a, you know, a rep can do to sort of mitigate that. Yeah, absolutely. So here's my, my idea and my reasoning behind this is, I've worked in uh, several different sales positions that you made mention at the beginning of the show. So I, there seems to be this just unhealthy culture where salespeople when applying for jobs and going through the interview process, the hiring manager will some, for some reason, give this understanding that making this gigantic amount of money every single year is like easy. That it's happening for all their salespeople, and this is the perfect job for you. You need to jump on the opportunity while you can because you're going to make so much money. It's a great place to work. You know, we're, we work with you. We, we give you the training that you need. If you have a low time, that's okay. We can help you. And the truth is, more often than not, that's all deceptive. Uh, they're not being truthful with you. Uh, the the almighty dollar, which again in sales, I completely agree with that it's important, but there's other things that are important. I would much rather come into an opportunity knowing full well that, hey, yeah, our top 2% of salespeople make this amount of money. So it is possible, but here's what they have going for them that's unique about them. Now, these are things that you can do on your own to get to that point, but most of our guys are making between this and this. And if I had that coming into a position, I feel so much better. Whereas if they're being deceptive on the front end, and I go ahead and, and uh, take advantage of the opportunity and join that company. And then I get involved and I talk to everybody else on the sales floor and say, like, oh yeah, I'm only making this and I'm only making that. Well, then immediately I feel like I've been hoodwinked and I don't want to be there. And suddenly I'm, I'm frustrated by the whole situation. And as a salesperson, if you are not dialed in mentally, you're setting yourself up to fail. You have to be on your A game constantly because you're you need to be the best impression 
individual uh, possible. You're reaching out to people on a regular basis. And if you come across as not happy or frustrated or anything like that, you are not going to have the success you want to. So if hiring managers could actually be more realistic and more transparent on the front end, even if, again, it's not everything you want it to be, but understanding that this income is possible, but most of the time people are between here and here, that's going to be much more advantageous for everyone involved in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I 100% agree with this. I've been on the receiving end of this as a, as a sales guy looking for work in the past and it sets me up to fail, you know, and, and it doesn't help the company and it doesn't help me. And, uh, and let me ask you this. Do you think this is a bit of a leading question, <laughs> but do you think that if a manager is being deceptive with you in the interview process, that possibly that's how they're going to push you to sell their product as well? I think that I do not think that that is an unrealistic question to ask in that situation. Now, I, I always want to expect and hope the best in, in people, especially the ones that I'm working with. But I do think that there's a very real possibility that if they're deceptive with you on the front end, they also are encouraging you to be deceptive during your sales process. Yeah. And for me, I've realized in recent years how important it is for me to, for the, for my leadership and the company and me as a rep for our values to be similar, right? And one of my values is integrity. And I just, I, I, even if I wanted to lie, I'm not very good at it and I feel horrible doing it. So I I'm horrible in those types of positions. <laughs> I don't perform well, let alone, you know, not that I should in a deceptive type of role, but I, I just don't do well. And so it's not going to be good for anyone, but uh, I think it's really important to, to kind of align values with the employer. And I'm curious, do you have any tips on how a rep may be able to, you know, cause it's hard to know what's true and not. And when you're in an interview, what they're telling you, they're trying to sell you on it, you know? Uh, how can they confirm what they're saying is what them, like a hiring manager is saying? Is there any way to vet that or to kind of, you know, confirm it? Uh, again, I would say ask questions. Say, okay, I understand that you can, I can make this amount by working here. What is the average salesperson making? Uh, what does that range look like? Uh, what's typical for the first year, the second year, the third year, especially in, you know, technology sales where sometimes there's residuals involved, like get an understanding of what that growth looks like by asking those questions. And then the other thing is check out Glassdoor. Just go ahead and spend a little bit of time there, read through and get a better understanding because if this is a burn insurance sales operation, which unfortunately there's a lot of them out there, you're going to inevitably have people that are leaving reviews. Some positive, most of the time it's going to be negative, but then at that at least at that point, you can kind of balance out what you're actually hearing with what's uh, the other information available to you. Yeah. So do your research, do your best to vet any potential employer. What? So you, we also kind of talked about kind of switching gears here. You talked about advice for sales reps and you said they should stop talking so much. So what do you mean by that? So a successful salesperson sells with the right kind of emotion while also bringing, you know, the intellectual side in. you have, it has to make sense, but at the same time, you know, that most people are buying off emotion. 
you're talking to them and the reason they're giving you time is because they have a need for what it is that you have to offer, right? If you are constantly just talking and talking and you're filling any empty space with words because you think that maybe you've lost them, you're doing it wrong. It is 100% fine to let there be silence. Now, it, you don't want silence for silence sake. That is the opposite of what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is you need to frame your questions appropriately to really let them think intensely about what it is that you're talking about. Now, if you can do that, they're going to naturally continue to give you golden nuggets of information that you can use to better posture yourself throughout the sales process to get them to buy from you. And the truth is, if the, as soon as they start bringing that stuff up, I would always ask clarifying questions. And what I mean by that is saying, okay, now you've mentioned this. Um, I want to make sure I understand. So you're saying these are the things that are bothering you. These are the things that you need help with. And if the answer is that's right or yes, then you know you're on the right track. And oftentimes by asking those clarifying questions, people will give you even more information. And the truth is you're going to be so much more successful as a salesperson by diving deep rather than just trying to make trying to be surface level the entire time. So does that make sense? Oh yeah. Makes a ton of sense. And uh, it's, it's very easy though. It, and it's almost comforting to sort of use a spray and pray type of approach because I remember when I was early in sales, I wanted to just follow the script and say what they told me and just keep talking because I was, I felt like that was the best way for me to control the outcome. <clears throat> and when I was letting them talk, they could take it any direction they wanted. And it kind of made me nervous. So for someone that may be younger in sales, or maybe, maybe they have some experience, but haven't really used this, this type of strategy or approach, what's a couple tips for them to sort of, you know, do it right. Again, the, the best piece of advice I can give to new salespeople is when you hear feedback or information from the person that you're talking to, clarify, clarify, clarify. Make sure you understand exactly what they're saying. Don't make assumptions that, oh, they said this, so this is, must be what they mean. Ask, clarify that. That's going to be so much more successful. And the truth is, if the person you're talking to feels like you're engaged and that you care and that you're listening to them, they are much more willing to give you more of their time and give you a better opportunity to earn it. I love it. All right. So everybody obviously wants to sell more. That's our goal, right? As salespeople. But, and this kind of goes along with what you're saying, but how have you found more success by engaging customers or engaging prospects rather than following a strict script? Yeah. So every salesperson out there has come across um, a job where you have to follow a script. I get it. Uh, they do. Why do companies do that? Well, so that you can be productive as, as possible from the very beginning. So I understand, especially as a new salesperson that doesn't have the experience, doesn't have the techniques, doesn't quite understand how to read the, the person on the other side of the phone, right? Um, scripts can be valuable from that perspective. But if you start to get away from that script by asking the right kind of questions, I believe you're going to have a lot more success. Uh, people want to be heard. They don't want to be talked at. If you can understand them, again, by asking the right kind of questions, you're going to get so much further ahead. And oftentimes, just by having more of a real conversation instead of a scripted conversation, again, it's going to lead to 
much more success. Now, it's not it's it's not without its faults because again, if you don't know the right questions, you're going to fail. But I would much rather fail in that kind of situation where I'm asking questions and then I ask the wrong question than by following a script and not knowing where it is that I lost them because I've been talking for the last 10 years. Yeah. And I think that that sort of approach is also, it, it, it reduces the sales pressure and it reduces the anxiety that maybe a, a potential buyer might have on the other end of that conversation because they're talking to a human now, not a sales robot, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just so smart because no one, no one wants to be treated like a prospect. They want to be treated like a person, right? And, uh, if, if you're just talking and they can tell, okay, this is, here we go. I got to figure out how to get off the phone with this guy. Cause he's not going to shut up until I just hang up or tell him to get lost. You're not listening. You know, you're not listening to what that rep has to say. Even if you have the best script in the world, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Yeah. I love that advice. And I, I think though, there is some anxiety from a sales rep standpoint when they maybe don't know what to ask, right? Maybe they don't know what to ask or they've just used a script and that's what they're comfortable with. I mean, for someone just sort of hearing this for the first time, what do you recommend them do to try to get better at this skill of having a real conversation and engaging them versus just being a sales robot? Yeah, so what I would recommend uh, is sit down and write however many questions are that you feel are the most important to know when you're in a conversation with a potential client. Write those things down and follow them like you're following a script. Now, it's not going to be a script. It's going to be more of an outline-based uh, approach, but that will give you direction. So if you get lost in the middle of the conversation, like, oh, no, where do I go from there? Then refer back to your list of questions, ask the question, and then again, with each question where you need to get clarification, ask for that clarification, repeat back what you're hearing so that you can make sure that you are understanding what they're asking for. Those are just some little things that I would suggest you do. That's awesome. That's, that's really good. So in our, 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 our conversation before the interview here, you mentioned, which shocked me, but you said that you had changed jobs and had three different jobs in the same year three different sales jobs. And I'm curious, how did you perceive yourself? Meaning, did you believe at the time that your, you know, quote unquote failure to continue with a specific company made you a bad sales rep that you were bad at this or, or what did you learn from that experience? I've had a lot of different sales jobs. And as you mentioned, some technology, <laughs> some service based, uh, the truth is. I, at this point of my career, to me, it's more important to find the right fit for me culturally and to find the right business. My understanding and my work ethic has not changed that much in the last several years, but I've worked with several different digital marketing companies. And yet this one with Revity is where I've had by far the most success. And it's because I align with them better culturally and what they're trying to do. My advice to salespeople out there is sales are always in demand. Everybody is always hiring for more salespeople. 
give your best effort at whatever position or whatever company you're with, but if it's just not working out, the best time to find a new job is while you have a current job. So get out there, start getting your resume out there, start trying to talk to more people, um, and then find something that just makes sense for you. I worked for an options trading company. Uh, it was They weren't actually doing the trading, they were doing the education. I made over 200 dials a day. I had that job for six months and I hated every minute of it, but I was so worried about not having a job that I just, I worked as hard as I could. Now the truth is they, when they finally let me go, they said, Benji, this is really difficult for us because if we could take your work ethic and put it into our skilled individuals, we would be the most successful, um, education company out there. Uh, unfortunately, you don't seem to have the skills or the understanding of the market to be successful with this, but you have shown us that we are way under asking what our current salespeople are doing from a cold calling perspective. And so we are upping the minimum requirements, but unfortunately we're not going to be able to keep you on board anymore. So that was devastating, but at least I knew I did everything I could to keep that job. Mm. But at the same time, yeah. And shortly after that, I had another job and I had success. Well, I kept the same work ethic, nothing changed, but I understood the product more. I believed in the product more and that led me to have having more success. Yeah. I think that belief in what you're selling is so critical because at least for me, I think there's guys out there that are maybe they're psychos or something, but they can literally sell anything and they don't care. They don't care at all the value or whatever. They'll just, they'll sling it. You know, I'm not, I'm not one of those guys. It's very tough for me to, to do that and make any sales when I don't have, you know, confidence in what I'm selling, or maybe I think it's good, but I just wouldn't ever buy it myself. I'm like, I don't understand why this just doesn't provide enough value, you know, but That's I guess for what it point. is, it's good. Like for me, I, I, uh, my first sales job was alarm sales door to door. Mm -hmm. And I never had an alarm system in my house growing up. I didn't, I, I, I never had an experience that made me worried about people breaking into my house. I just didn't care about alarm systems. And it's not that they're bad. <laughs> it's just, I didn't care, you know? I had a really yeah. hard time selling it. Yep. Here's my question on that. Uh, and, and I've struggled with this point a lot, Benji, because I, I tend to be very loyal. So when I'm at a company, I, I feel almost like I'm cheating on them. If I go behind their back and start putting my resume out there, like for me to do that, I, I have to have a con I don't have to, but I want to have a conversation with my manager and just say, Hey, I'm not necessarily trying to leave. I just want to see what's out there. And I'm putting some resumes out there just so you know, you know, that seems crazy to a lot of people. Uh, and that's probably an extreme example. Most I agree, people probably I agree aren't with like a lot me. of people. I agree, you agree with, with a lot, lot of people. people. Yeah. So if, if you, yeah. if, if I was your boss and you came to me and said, Hey, just so you know, I'm putting my resume out there. I'd be like, you don't want to be here as a salesperson. Just exactly. go. Just go. So yeah, exactly. And I know it's ridiculous. It's my own insecurity probably that's coming out, but is that, let, let's say someone already is looking for work right now and they need to get that job. You know? Is there a, and they don't have a job, they're, they're in between. So 
how do you mitigate that stress of needing income to finding the right fit? Or is it just get something for the time being and keep looking? I'm probably more of get something in the meantime and keep looking. Okay. Call it a lack of integrity if you want to. Um, if you've been in sales long enough, you know that they will throw you to the curb as quickly as they need to if things are not working out. So yeah. again, as long as you are giving your best effort on those times that you're clocked in or you're at the office, then you have no reason to feel like you're not giving um, the effort that was required of you when you took the position. Yeah. I, I definitely, uh, I definitely agree with that and I need to work on that myself. <laughs> but the the point though, of that is that one thing you mentioned when you said that you had the three jobs and that you went on and now you found a place where you completely align, you're doing incredible and you've, you've been able to get promoted to VP of sales and help double their revenue. That's just incredible. And, and the thing you mentioned to me was just because you didn't do well at one company doesn't mean you're bad at sales. And I think that's really important for a lot of people to hear because we all have that job that it's like, and I've had several, I'm sure you have, where I just didn't do well. And it's just like, I just didn't fit there, you know? So it, it, are there any like red flags that you know of that you've been able to identify to let you know that, hey, maybe this job just isn't the right fit <laughs> for you? Well, I actually love something you said earlier in this, which is, is this something that you would use for yourself? If you can't imagine using it for yourself, it's a red flag. On the opposite side, if you're like, man, I like, again, I work here for a digital marketing company. Since the beginning, I've been thinking about what is a product or something that I can do e-commerce wise so I can get out there and then use the services of the company I work for because we do a fantastic job. Like it's just the opposite mm -hmm. where I, I believe in it and I've seen so much success and it's like, I need to find something to make extra money um, with the position that I have. And so... I do think that is a fantastic red or green flag, depending on what side of the spectrum. Yeah, that's awesome. You also mentioned that at work, they had you read a book called, if I'm getting this right, Two Second Lean. And you were kind of maybe hesitant at first to, to, to dig into that, but you were surprised with the results. Tell me about that. Yeah, so the idea of Two Second Lean is to essentially improve your effectiveness and your efficiency throughout your workday. Now, we all, whether it's your personal life or your work life, we all have things that you do and it's just taking extra time. And if you just made some adjustments, you wouldn't have to spend that time and suddenly you're freed up to do more things. For instance, we have a, um, a software that we use for proposals here at work. And, and before this book, every single time I build a new template proposal to then you know, customize it for the prospect that I was working with. There was a couple of sections that I had to edit things, just edit the grammar, edit the information. And I was doing that every single time. And again, it didn't take a lot of time. We're talking a couple of minutes. So in my mind, it was because it was such a short period of time, it felt like just go ahead and do it. It's not a big deal. And then reading this book, it occurred to me, uh, it, it encourages you to make those changes so you don't have to keep making those changes. I know that sounds silly, but that's exactly what it is. <laughs> and so by doing that, I, after reading this book, I went back and I made those adjustments and it really has, it's freed up two to five minutes every single time I build a proposal. 
Now the beauty of it is now that I'm in this mindset, it's outside of the building a proposal. It's how am I doing things within my sales calls? Uh, what is it like when my forming my day organizationally? Um, it's even how I build out my workspace so that I can make sure that everything that I have uh, in front of me is actually benefiting me instead of just stuff being in the way. So there's a lot to it. Uh, again, the idea being how to how do you become more effective and more powerful with the time that you're using? Because if you can free up time, then that means you have more time to be more productive in other words. I think there's so many areas that you can apply that to. I'm sure that you've discovered a lot. That's something I've, it's kind of been like in the back of my head since, since you kind of introduced me to this idea. Um, I, I probably should pick up the book and read it. I, I, well, I know there's the, things that the beauty of happen this book all the time. In particular, the author has actually made it available on audio form on YouTube for free. So you don't have to buy the book. If you oh. type in two second link oh, on YouTube. Seriously? He reads the book to you online for free. So. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, we're going to link that in the show notes for sure. Then awesome. I, I just in summary and listen, if you want to throw something in here that I'm missing, let me know, but just summarizing kind of our conversation. And I think, so kind of the main purpose of me starting the podcast was to help myself and other reps that maybe haven't been as intentional with their careers they want to. And one of the key elements of being intentional with your career is you need to perform well in your job, right? And if you don't do that, it's not giving you any leverage to move up or to get a, a better position, whatever you're looking for. But today, I think we really talked about how we can improve our approach with prospects so that we can engage with them rather than just just pitch them, right? We've talked about how we can look for the right fit. We're not, not, not all sales jobs are created equal and not every single sales job, even if it's a great position is right for us. Maybe we need something else and we should be, I guess, attentive to that, to, to like, how do you feel selling this? Is this actually something you like? The third one I think is be willing to put your feelers out there and see what, what your market value is, see what other opportunities are out there and don't be completely dug into the point where you're not open to other opportunities, um, even while maybe you're doing pretty well somewhere. So, and then obviously what we just kind of talked about with finding little ways to make permanent efficiencies throughout your, your day, make things that you do all the time that maybe you don't have to do every single time, maybe correct it once and fix it forever type of thing. And, uh, am I missing anything? I, I think you've hit it all. One thing I will say two second lean also really encourages, um, the value of people. And so one of the things that they talk about is what are you doing to increase your knowledge on a regular basis? So I would just add that to everything else that you said, because part of two second lean and part of, um, trying to improve and be more efficient is to improve your skill set. If you are not mm -hmm. actively engaged in some sort of new skill that you're trying to work on, to trying to be better, then you're not giving yourself the best chance to succeed, to move up. Uh, again, it's a lot easier to then at that point go from one job to the next, to the next, to the next, and you're having the same amount of success with each of these jobs and nothing's really working out. If you are finding ways to improve, that improvement and those skills will come out and you'll have a 
a lot more of a chance to be successful and to earn more income. And then you won't have the need for jumping from one job to the next. And then before you know it, people will be coming after you because they've heard about your success. They've heard about the things that you're doing and you'll be headhunted and then you don't have to go find jobs anymore. Right. <laughs> That's a pretty exciting place to get to for sure. Well, we're going to, Benji and I are going to chat a little bit after we stop record, but before we go, I want to give the listeners a chance to connect with you. So where's the best place to connect with you and, uh, you know, maybe look, help seek your services or possibly just, uh, ask you for advice. Yeah. So I, I am on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me. There's a lot of, um, Ben Smith out there. So that's why I go by Benji Smith. It's a little <laughs> more unique. I am located here in Utah and I work for Revity. So if you type in Revity and then you look for Benji Smith, I'm right there. Um, that's probably the best place, awesome. but I'm also, I have a work Instagram account, uh, that I connect with my clients on and potential clients. Um, and that is Benji underscore Revity. Um, and you'll see me with my, uh, we're remodeling our house where we have been. And, uh, one day when I was working on drywall, I took a picture of my face after sanding and I'm covered in, in, uh, you know, drywall dust. So no, it's not cocaine all over my face. It's drywall <laughs> dust. So are you sure? Cause you are in sales, you know, that's what sales guys do. <laughs> well, they do a I, lot of cocaine. <laughs> I have heard that. Yeah. You have to have a few loose screws to do this job for sure. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll put all those links in the show notes and, uh, Thanks so much for the conversation. We'll go ahead and stop this now and chat in a second here.